Reptile Fight Club. Today we're talking about sensationalism, so that was kind of a sensationalist intro there. Um, get the get the ball rolling here. <laughs> that was a little over the top. I hope I didn't burst in the eardrums with that one. <laughs> um, well, uh, welcome to Reptile Fight Club. I'm Justin Julander, and uh, and I'm Chuck Poland. Yep, we're uh, ready to tackle another topic. Um, first, you know, we'll see what's going on. Uh, what's, what's going on with you, Chuck? Uh, not, not, not too much. I had, uh, some, fel- uh, two Felsuma standing, uh, uh, grandis eggs that I got. So oh, nice. that was, yeah. that was nice. That was, um, we actually wrapped up the first episode and I went and kind of checked in and, uh, in on my room and, and found them. So that was kind of like a nice, like, uh, you know, first yeah. episode, uh, gift. Uh, <laughs> so they're, they're in the incubator now. Um, and Very yeah, I, I don't, I don't seem like I've got too much else going on right now. I'm, I'm just prepping for, uh, the, the Tracy, I, you know, this coming season. So yeah. kind of, um, you know, got the, got them in new cages, uh, letting them kind of acclimate. So hopefully I did that soon enough and it doesn't screw them all up. And I was kind of debating keeping them in their older cages, but they're, they're just, I mean, they're just getting to the size where they need a larger cage, but I, I actually really think those smaller cages for those animals was one of the tickets that really helped me. Yeah. Um, makes them feel a little more comfortable, secure and, and hundred make more of themselves a hundred percent hundred percent how about yeah, you, you dude you have a couple uh different gecko projects don't you you've got the the grandest yeah and what yep. else what others you've got the electric blues the yeah the okay. yep the, the electric blue day geckos and then the william sigh and then i've also got standing eye so oh, they're cool. the yeah so they're 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 pretty i they're probably my favorite they're they're uh they're fun. They're pretty. They're, they've got that nice blue, like kind of striped tail, um, real inquisitive, just kind of fun. They, they're a little more communal. You can kind of keep them a little more communally than, than Grandis. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty chill. Like William Sy are awesome, but man, if you spook them and they run, they're just, they're so fast and they are unpredictable. They're, <laughs> you know, you think they're going to go one way and they jump the other way and right out of the cage and uh, you're like, Oh crap. Yeah. So, um, it's <laughs> been, you know, that, those are rough. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. They're, and they're fast, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. That's I'm, cool. I'm, I'm having fun with them. So yeah. Speaking you? of geckos, I I've got a female Amy that's, uh, the, the rough knobtail gecko, centralian knobtail gecko that's getting ready to lay her eggs. So, um, nice. Hopefully she gives me a couple, a uh, couple more. I I've got a clutch incubating from her and um, it's a nice pairing. So I'm excited to see the babies. I'm excited to hatch the species out. It's been a long time. So um, yeah, that I've been working with these off and on and, and finally uh, getting, getting some productive uh, female and some eggs. So exciting stuff. Uh, have, have all four species Antaresia in the incubator uh, uh, Four species. Yeah. There's, there's some controversy there, but I'm, I'm sticking with four species. There, I'm not giving up stimps and I, and not, potentially not funny, but I know there's some uh, naysayers out there, but those uh, uh, pygmy banded gecko or penny geckos, pygmy banded species, uh, Stimpsons are, uh, uh, or pygmy banded pythons, uh, are, 
you know, very different scale counts, morphology, you know, all sorts of stuff. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not really convinced by that paper. We might have a, a future episode uh, talking about ta- taxonomy. We'll get a couple experts in here because I like, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a taxonomist, but uh, yeah, I see, or I've heard a lot of, a lot of people have, take issue with that paper. So, um, hopefully that's, that's not the case and that Stimps and I don't go away and become just children. I, but, um, we'll, we'll, uh, talk about that in a future episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's stir that pot. That sounds yeah. like a good one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a, a great uh, fight topic. And I think there's a lot of feelings on both sides, you know, when, when we split or lump or whatever. And it, I mean, it just seems funny that they're, they're going to split, um, the spotted pythons into, you know, couple different subspecies and uh and then they're uh, or or even species and they're going to sink the stimps and i completely into children i which just seems a little backwards but maybe you know they had a good reason so i don't know we need to get some experts on that know better than we do but (laughs) cool man um so yeah I'm, i'm i've got uh eggs incubating nothing hatched yet so hopefully uh i don't get overwhelmed once uh babies come along i've still got a couple animals left from from last year a few uh western stems um some pygmies i'm still working on man this year has been rough for the pygmy pythons they're not wanting to eat on their own for the most part and um so working on those i've got a few more females left to lay some nice morelia projects so uh hopefully they'll lay some good eggs soon and uh have some more morelia hatching out here soon um other than that, you know, just business as usual. I mean, I'm enjoying my new uh, pickups. I got some, a uh, couple different Egernia, uh, spiny tailed skink species, uh, Egernia depressa. Um, they're, they're really cool little, uh, pygmy spiny tailed skinks and, uh, the Hosmer, uh, Egernia Hosmeri, the Hosmer's, uh, spiny tailed skinks. They're, they're a lot of fun. Um, so I'm, really I saw those. Them. Those are, they're nice. They're, I like yeah. those. those are, yeah. They're really yeah. nice. They're, they're supposed to be really shy, but I, I guess Hosmeri are fa- fairly bold and the depressed aren't too bad when it comes to the, you know, some of their relatives, they're a little more skittish, but these guys are fairly bold. They'll come out and eat off the tongs and stuff. So it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying fun. it. Yeah. Too many cool species out there. I, I, oh yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Run out of space and money and time real fast if I got everything I wanted. So trying to focus, you know, keep that Australia focus and keep the species that I really like there. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. Those day, day geckos are really fun. We saw some of those in Hawaii and I'm like, ah, that'd be cool to have those in the house. They're just so yeah. beautiful and seem pretty straightforward, you know, not too they're, yeah, difficult to keep. They're pretty inquisitive and yeah. e- fairly easy to keep. I mean, you gotta, you gotta set them up right and, and maintain them right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's anything, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, all my yep. geckos are nocturnal, so I gotta go out there after lights <laughs> off and catch them. But yeah, I I can't. Uh, you can't beat the nefaris. Speaking of nefaris, uh, the new uh, knobtail ge- gecko book is out that I uh, authored along with uh, Michael Plank. So um, if you don't have a copy yet, uh, hit me up on at australiandiction.com or um, you know you can find it from Eco. Uh, they're the publisher on that book. We're also hard at work at the second edition of the Carpet Python book, uh, the complete Carpet Python. Uh, Nick and I are are feverishly working to try to get this book wrapped up. We're starting in on the uh, um, the layout, the photo layout, and getting all the pictures uh, in there. But uh, I've, I'm still working on a couple of chapters. I added like 
nine pages to the husbandry chapter and I'm not quite through it yet. So just things pop up when I'm going through Nick, Nick kind of took the lead on that and, and he increased it quite a bit. So I've, I've, uh, added another, uh, eight or eight or nine pages. So it's going to be a, a very long book. I don't know how we missed some of these things in the first edition, but I guess that's how it goes. You know, you almost get to a point where it's like, okay, enough writing. I'm, <laughs> I'm sick of this, you know, but, uh, so hopefully, uh, we'll have a, a very large work to uh, release here very soon, but well, I know um, everyone's looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I hope I hope people are excited about it. Hopefully, we'll uh, you know get 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 the new book out there, and um, very happy that the first book did so well. You know, that's always nice to see the support, and you know this this industry is great. The Morelia Python community is fantastic, and you know they've always just supported and, and done some great things with, uh, you know, the carpet fest where they raise all the money for different organizations. Um, I'm actually doing some research, uh, at Utah state with some, uh, snake viruses, some of the NIDO viruses, or now they're called serpenti viruses, but we're, we're looking at some antivirals that could potentially treat, uh, these viruses, looking at susceptibility to some of the more common antivirals that we had on hand that we use as positive controls that are pretty readily available. So, um, um, you know, we're, we'll, we'll hopefully publish on that soon, but I, I hope everybody who uh, donated at the Southeast Carpet Fest um, knows their their money is being put to good use and, and we should have some data for, for publication soon. You know, science kind of works slow sometimes. And so, you know, it's it's uh, hard to have patience. You want to see results from what you donated, you know, right now. But things like this, you know, with snake viruses, sometimes that work goes a little slow. And we've had a few issues with the cells and things. And it actually took quite a while to get the cells. Um, they had to work, you know, work out the the model. And that that took a while. And, you know, obviously that's that's not an easy, just straightforward process when there's no commercial cell lines available for snakes and stuff. So, um, you know, that that was uh, uh, a, a nice advancement in in her in, you know, rep, reptile veterinary medicine, I guess you'd say. Um, so we're excited to see the results from that and hopefully get that's those cool. out to, to all the people who donated. So fun nice. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lots of stuff going on. Lots of busy stuff. Headed out on a herp trip tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Going down, herping with some, uh, the East Coast gang. They're coming out to, to herp a bit. Unfortunately, uh, Eric and Owen couldn't make it out, but we got Keith McPeak, uh, Nick Scaly, uh, or Scally. I'm not sure how you, sorry, Nick. Um, uh, Don or Lon, Lon Dexler, not Don Lexler, but Lon Dexler. <laughs> um, and then, uh, a couple others. I, I'm trying to think, um, Matt Minnetola, I think is coming. So yeah, should be a good crowd. Uh, got the, the local boys down in St. George, uh, Chris and Aspen and, man, those guys are, are the real deal when it comes to field herping. They, they spend a lot of time out in the field and find some really cool stuff. I think Aspen's already found a Gila this year and, uh, Chris ran, ran across or found, and he didn't run it over, but he found a DOR liar snake, which is really rare for, southwestern utah so excited to get down there do some herping maybe that'll be fun yeah (laughs) cool man well should we get into this let's see oh yeah let's we we need to plug the facebook page uh we put out the reptile fight club facebook page so um that's available go like it you know get on there and and we'd like to hear some uh input you know if you uh, if we miss something or you know let us know 
Yeah. I mean, we, you know, part of this is, is for it to be interactive and, um, you know, we, we definitely want to bring lively discussions and, and have some of these guests and, and bring, bring some of the science behind it. And, and, uh, you know, in these lively discussions, we kind of would hope that the listeners are, are sometimes yelling at their computer, like, Hey, you should say this. Oh, and, and if we don't say that, yeah, go to the Facebook page, leave, you know, yeah. leave us a comment. And, um, we, we've talked about doing some circle back episodes where we readdress issues and we'll bring some of that stuff up. So, you know, like the page, uh, leave comments, uh, and, uh, we, we definitely want to want you all in the fight. So heck yeah. Yeah. Get, get involved, get in, uh, get in on the fight. Um, all right. Well, you know, these, these first couple episodes we're we're kind of testing the waters. We've got, you know, some kind of, you know, a little bit fun topics, not really hard hitting scientific topics, but just kind of something that we thought we could, you know, talk about. There's, there's kind of a bit of controversy behind, behind these things. And, um, you know, we, we, we'll get into meteor, uh, subjects down the road. Uh, we've got a good show lined up for next week, uh, talking about interactions between zoos and private keepers. So that should be an, an interesting take from a couple, uh, zookeepers. So, that should be fun. So we're, we're planning on doing that, uh, very soon next week or, or the week after. So, um, and then we've got, uh, you know, a couple other ideas, a lot of ideas. So we just need yeah. to get things lined up. So if you want to get in, get in here and fight somebody and, and fight on a certain topic, let us know too. We can try to make some of the shows requested shows happen as well. So if you've got an idea for a topic, uh, feel free to share that on the Facebook page. Yep. All right. Well, we're ready to get into it. Let's ready toss the to coin. Fight. Let's fight. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So today's topic, sensationalism. We're kind of talking about the pros and cons, for and against, you know. Uh, so uh, we're going to start out here again with the coin toss. And we'll have Chuck call the coin toss in the air. If he wins the coin toss, he gets to pick which side he defends. If he loses, then I get a pick. All right. You ready? Call it in sure. the air. Here we go. All right. Tails. <laughs> it's heads. Oh, man. Man, see, were... <laughs> I was wondering if you were using a two-sided tail coin. I just wanted to find out. Irregular so... quarter. Regular quarter. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Um, You're just bad cool. at this Would coin you... toss, eh, man. All right. Well, them all, like I said. Dang. I, I, really, I really don't like sensationalism, so I'm going to be on the con side. I'm going to let you defend okay. it if that's cool. Yeah, okay. that, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> all right. Do you want to start us out? You want to give us a little, uh, uh, some, some insight into why you think sensationalism might be a good thing? Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, so I got. think, I mean, obviously I think, uh, you know, sensationalism brings attention, uh, mm -hmm. and, and not necessarily all attention is bad intention, uh, attention. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people out there and, and you even see them as, you know, um, if they're on and maybe animal planet is old animal planet, let's say old animal <laughs> planet, you know, you had, you had some of these guys that would go on and the, you know, the, the Steve Irwin's of the world, he was a sensationalist. Um, but you know, he pushed conservation and education. And so sensationalism, you know, uh, to me can foster a whole bunch of other things that are very positive. Uh, and yeah. 
Okay. So, um, I, you know, I, obviously Steve Irwin is a, is probably the biggest name and the biggest thing to happen to reptiles for, you know, at least in the public eye for a long time. Now, I think, uh, you know, he had a pretty positive message. I, I did love those shows, you know, watching, especially because he's in Australia, he's finding Australian animals. I have a soft spot for Australian animals, but I found myself watching and, and just kind of like, Okay, enough with the sensationalism. You know, these animals are cool enough. You don't need to make them so dramatic to have have an audience. And I don't know, I I, I feel it it uh, kind of speaks down to the audience. Like it just kind of dumbens the, <laughs> is that a word, dumbens? Um, it it, it kind of brings, <laughs> brings the IQ down a little bit. You know, if you have to like put on some special flashy show to, to make these animals look cool. I'm, I'm all for, you know, nature documentaries and things like that. But I just found like, I think the thing that really tipped it over the edge for me was the whole, he was driving in a truck and he said, we could flip this truck at any minute, you know, like it was some death defying thing to drive on a dirt track. You know, it's like, okay, that's a little bit much, you know, let's tone it back or take it back a bit. And then, um, so, you know, I, I enjoyed his message, but you know, he could have done just as well, I think without the sensationalism. Now that energy and that excitement for the animals, I, I appreciate that. That's fine. Um, but, you know, I, I suspect a lot of a lot of nature shows and, you know, when they're finding a bunch of baby green tree pythons on a, you know, on a tree in the middle of the day and they're just right out in the open. It's like, OK, those are plants. You know, they didn't find yeah. those. You know, this is just for the the message. And a lot of nature shows do that. And it really bothers me. I don't enjoy that. Um, so that's kind of my opening statement. I, I just I don't think it's necessary. I think it kind of brings the whole IQ of the the program down when you have to make everything so dangerous or flashy or, you know, whatever, like, yeah, it's just show me the animals, you know? Uh, all right. Yeah. Back in your court. Well, I think, you know, I, I, I think sensationalism uh, is kind of how humans are wired a little bit. Uh, you know, it, I mean, in any, in any kind of a paper you're going to write in college, they're, they're going to tell you, you need to have a, an opening, you know, something to grab somebody's attention. Or, I mean, that's, you know, the whole point of an abstract is really to, you know, as, as a, a, a researcher is thumbing through hundreds of, uh, research papers that you sell yourself with that, that abstract. And I, I, I certainly don't want to, you know, uh, equate an abstract to uh, sensationalism, but uh, <laughs> the point, the point I'm making is that people are wired uh, for sensationalism. They want their attention captured and um, do some people take it over the line? Yes, of course. Uh, and, and not everybody does sensationalism, uh, right. Um, but I think for the sake of the reach, uh, that you get from sensationalism, if, if you were, if you were less sensationalistic about what you do, less, more people would kind of be in my opinion, more ho-hum about it. Um, I think, you know, you could look at uh, somewhere like the San Diego Zoo. So they don't do necessarily a lot of sensationalism, but they have such an impeccable name and, and, and it's a world famous zoo, 
right? That's, that's, yeah. I mean, the world famous San Diego zoo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it was, you know, and, and Hey, you know, the LA zoo is awesome, but it's not the world famous LA zoo. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and, and because of that and, and, you know, San Diego does tons of great stuff. They have a lot, the huge conservation program there, you know, if, if you've ever been, or if you haven't been, you should, if you have the opportunity to go, I highly recommend the San Diego zoo. It's one of my favorite places. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good example of, of how kind of sensationalism gives reach. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I, I don't see the sensationalistic nature of the San Diego zoo. They've just kind of done their best to get a nice collection, let that kind of speak for them. Um, and, and bring in the visitors that way. I mean, I guess they maybe had some TV shows that they were featured in more educationally oriented rather than entertainment oriented. And I guess that's where I kind of draw the line at, between good and bad sensationalism is if you're trying to sell a show or sell yourself by being crazy with animals. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many examples and I, I think Steve Irwin kind of opened the door for, um, a bunch of idiots to follow, <laughs> you know, the, you got like the turtle man and, 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 and shows like that. You got Austin Stevens, you know, just way over the line. Um, yeah. you know, these guys coming in trying to do the same thing that Steve Irwin did. And, and you see that in a lot of pet tubers as well. They, they try to just make everything so like exciting or dra dramatic or whatever. And you're just like, okay, I think, I think intelligent, you know, normal keepers, um, just get tired of that. I don't, I think there's yeah. a need for somebody. We need to go back to the roots of like, uh, Harry Butler. I don't know if you've seen his program, old school Australian guy. That's like calm as the day, just relaxed and, and talking about nature and, and his shows are great. I mean, you yeah. know, they shows you the animals, he tells you about them and, and you learn and there's no hype, there's no drama and it's so refreshing. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. uh, we've just been without that for so long. You know, he was back in the, like, 80s or, or 90s. I remember watching programs on PBS when I was a kid. So they've been around for a while and they look pretty old. You know, it'd be nice to have something. And I guess we do have like planet Earth. There, there's a mm -hmm. great example of just a quality nature show showing you nature, awing you without hype or drama or even people in the frame. You just talk, you know, got David Attenborough, you know, stalwart. Yeah classic you know just that voice you know and lets you know you're watching a quality program and and it's just chill shows you the animals and that's what wows people that's what draws people into nature and that's what makes people want to get outside and take a look at nature is is that and not you know the drama so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so uh so <laughs> Do you, you, I'm trying to kind of frame this. Um, I mean, you get like a Jack Hanna, right. Yeah. Uh, going on, um, you know, late night shows. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I would consider Jack Hanna kind of a, he, he's a sensationalist in, 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 and, and so, you know, I guess we're parsing some things out here. We're, we're talking about sensationalism for the sake of education and conservation, but uh -huh. we're all, we potentially could be talking about sensationalism for the sheer shock value yeah. uh, uh, of oh, something yeah. and, 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 and just doing something because it is dangerous mm -hmm. and doing it in such a way that you get bit in the stomach by a Cobra mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, uh, film in it. And so, you know, uh, I I think, I think it's important to kind of separate those two things out. Um, I definitely think that, um, you know, sensationalism for educational purposes done by a responsible, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, free handling venomous animals. Should people do that? No. Are there people out there who probably have the skill level to do that? Yes, absolutely. Is it still dangerous? And can you get bit doing it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, however, that's different than somebody who isn't um, adept at, at free handling venomous animals and doesn't know what they're doing. They're going to get bit, you know, and, and it's just dangerous and it's reckless. Uh, and, and it's the side of sensationalism that, um, you know, makes your argument easy. Yeah, that's I mean, there's there's just pl- there's just too many bad examples. Like he said, you know, there might be a couple out there. But but again, I mean, are they just opening the door for worse? You know, like if if you have to if you, if you have to hype stuff up and make it so entertaining as to draw in the, you know, the bottom of the barrel or to get great ratings on TV, you know, I, I guess that's why I. I I see things like um, YouTube or some of these independent, um, you know, programs that don't really need sponsors or a huge budget. They can just go out and film stuff and and put it up, you know, and you can enjoy it. Um, you know, there's a few out there that I that I've enjoyed watching that just show the animals. They might talk a little bit about them or pick them up here and there, but like that's not the whole thing. You know, it's not about picking up a dangerous snake. It's about kind of educating. They're not gonna um, stress out an animal for the purpose of, of ratings. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess I just don't think that's necessary to, to help people appreciate them. And I, and I really think it often has the opposite effect where if you're just hyping up the danger of, of a venomous snake, you're doing it a disservice. Um, there's some fun YouTube videos out there that are, I, I think a couple of them are in Australia. There's, there's some with, uh, like highly, venomous snakes that you know have the potential to do harm but they they have like several interactions that they film where they walk towards the snake and the snake either takes off away from them if it goes towards them it just goes past them to its burrow or whatever so you know they 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 show the real nature of the snake and i and i would contend that these sensationalists often exaggerate or or um do disservice to the animals because they're making them more outrageous than they really are. And, and that's what people, that's the take home message. How many people do you talk to that are deathly afraid of venomous snakes because they think they're out to kill you? I mean, every TV show throughout the history of TV has showed, you know, that dangerous snake just waiting to bite somebody, you know, like they're just there to kill people and, you know, it couldn't be further from the truth. And so, you know, we, we sometimes, I I think these, these wildlife um, sensationalists do a disservice by hyping that up as well. And, and they're doing the exact same thing that TV's done to make these animals look bad and look, scary or dangerous or you know we need to fear them and and then that's the whole direction that animal planet has now gone and that's kind of after that steve irwin era and all these other morons that showing getting bit or or getting you know showing the the dangerous side of nature and that seems to be all they do anymore is show you all the ways you can get hurt by an animal 
And it just well, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Do you, you remember the broadcast that that actually just had animals bite people? Yeah. For right. the, pa- the pain threshold. Like, right. Like, right. What? Uh, so, I mean, I well, get there's, there might be a place in science for that to, to determine how, you know, but, but to do it just to entertain people and what, you know, have people watch you screaming and, and writhing because it hurts so bad. It just again, it makes people afraid of animals rather than learn to uh, learn about them and to learn to respect them. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I hear your point. Uh, understand what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> I do think, though, that, um, you know, uh, when you were younger watching Steve Irwin, um, that that made you interested and that in, that that interest whether it was over the top at times and, and you, and, and you now think like, ah, you know, I, it, it could have, he could have lightened up on that a little bit. <laughs> look, look, look at you now. So, I mean, I think that sensationalism done in a educational, uh, fairly responsibly done way, uh, results in perpetuation. So, you know, getting people interested enough in it and, you know, I mean, part of the reason venomous animals are so fascinating is they are really dangerous. They're not, you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, large mam, large dangerous mammals. They're smaller, but I mean, you know, a cobra can kill an elephant, no problem, you know? Um, and so it's that, that kind of an interesting biological, um, you know, um, evolution that that's happened to them that is is super interesting and and yeah they're totally dangerous and i think that um one i think that we are hardwired to um fear things that that are dangerous to Mm -hmm. us i mean we're we're, you know that's yeah yeah so 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 as a as a mechanism to key on uh how people um how to capture people tapping into that natural biological fear of something and hopefully trying to educate them. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I like, you know, I don't support the, 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 the ridiculous, you know, uh, handling of, of any animals, but, um, I do think in the long run, you know, it, it leads to the people who get fascinated and, and continue to work with these animals. Yeah. Now, now you didn't listen to my first point. I got hooked by Harry Butler, the calm, you know, even keeled showing the animals. I got hooked by, by seeing the animals. And and I loved, uh, the other, the other, uh, show I'd watch all the time was nature and they had reptiles of Australia once. And I mean, they just showed them going about and, and granted a lot of those were probably plants or, you know, zoo animals that they took and stuck in a field and put, you know, a snake next to them and they ate the snake. Okay. Big parenti eating a snake, but it still stuck with me seeing that parenti, you know, whip that the uh, King Brown around or whatever, uh, just really a, a cool, um, memory for me as a kid watching these programs, but it was the nature that drug me in, not a personality that drug me in. And, and I, and I guess, um, if you 
capitalize on people's fears or that natural instinct to be worried about something that's potentially dangerous, I think that that's what I'm talking about. You do a disservice to the animal. You, you don't really, I mean, you might draw people in, but a lot of times it's for the wrong reason. They, you know, you draw them in because, Ooh, a venomous snake. I bet I could hold that. Cause I'm a macho tough guy. You know, I, I could do that or, or adrenaline junkies, you know, people love the, the danger and, and, you know, wingsuit flying or something. Anything that could potentially kill you, you know, you kind of get a little bit of a status out of people because um, most people are entertainment oriented. But I, I just have to go back to that. Anytime you're trying to sell nature by its, um, you know, uh, in entertainment factor, you're doing a disservice. And uh, I frankly don't think it works. <laughs> Okay. I mean, that's fair. Okay. So maybe I misspoke and, and uh, labeled Steve Irwin as your wrong hero, but he is a, I mean, he is a hero to a lot lot of people. people, So yeah, I I think you still see my point despite, well, you know, my misstatement that most people are more interested in morphs than, than, you know, seeing stuff out in the wild. You know, they, they, they most, they probably think a lot of snakes come from deli cups. So, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know that you're, you're, uh, proving your point here but you know i i I do think there are serious serious (laughs) folks out there that have been brought in by steve irwin but i think again if you're trying to bring people in by that entertainment shock value you're not bringing in the right crowd or they're not going to be in it for the right reasons or they're going to have to be re-educated at some point (laughs) that's yeah well i just i don't i I don't think we've ever uh, i've ever seen the the sensationalists that claim that uh animals come from deli cups but uh (laughs) we're not to the bottom of the barrel yet i'm sure so you know i mean i think just to kind of go back on your point i i mean I, i i understand what you're saying but i think the problems that we've seen come from sensationalism is from individuals who are just quite frankly, idiots and do, (laughs) and do things, you know, uh, sensationally for ego value or, or machismo or whatever, you know, that whatever is, is, is driving them. That's not from a, a a good place. Uh, and you know, they end up getting hurt and, and they end up making the news. And I, I would argue that those are the kind of sensationalists that, that hurt us. And so again, we, we kind of have to break this out into categories, um, of sensationalism and, um, you know, I don't think that you see the, mm, even the, the Steve Austin sensationalists or, 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 you know, um, you know, guys like that, they're not, they're not the ones driving the bad look to us. It's, it's, you know, the, the guy who get you know gets bit by one of his 50 venomous animals and they're all loose throughout his house when the cops come and the news is there and all these things and and you know those and 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 even still you know ha, are those the things that's moved the needle um it, it, i mean it, it towards where we start to see legislative reaction to stuff and and pull back I, I, i'm not even i'm not even sure any of that is why we're fighting all these bands right now. I, I'm certainly think that, you know, HSUS and, and, and these, 
um, anti-pet organizations would want to point to those ex- as examples as why people shouldn't own animals. Um, and, and in that case, the, the idiot sensationalist isn't helping anybody, but you know, it's money, it's politics, it's agenda that seems to be driving legislation and that's never going away. And, 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 and anytime, you know, we, we, we see it, they want to point to it, but I, I don't, I mean, I think anecdotally anybody could be like, well, yeah, this bad thing happened, but you know, are, are all, are all of the issues that are going on uh, in, in the Everglades right now because of sensationalists? Well, I, I would say, show me a program <clears throat> about Burmese pythons that doesn't mention them, you know, hybridizing with retics to become these giant baby eating monsters. And, and, you know, even the USGS report, said that they were going to spread across the United States and they were going to, you know, like all these kind of things. That's pretty sensationalist if you ask me. But that's crap, but that's crap science. And, and (laughs) that, 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 and that's agenda driven politics coupled with media, you know, media hype. And so, you know, I I think being sensationalism. (laughs) Well, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, So there are, there are a lot of, uh, potential, um, you know, legislative issues that are coming up because these, these things have been sensationalized and, and they continue to, you know, cause problems for us. And so I, you know, I think if, if they had, you know, more, I, I, even like the, the snake hunter guys, I think they educated and I think they tell, you know, kind of showed that these things weren't in, in such huge numbers that you could go out and bring a truck, truck, truckload home of Burmese pythons, but you know, all the issues, if you talk to somebody and ask them about Burmese pythons, they're probably going to tell you some crazy sensationalist thing that they saw on a program on animal planet. And, and that's, that's what I'm talking about is this, this danger of moving the needle towards entertainment of, of animals and making that danger stuff, um, you know, go off the, the record or what am I trying to say? Go, you know, just, they move that needle so far. Yeah and make everything so sensationalist that, uh, you know, the, the reality and the truth gets lost. And, and then you have this whole populace of the United States thinking, Oh, Burmese pythons are out there just eating, you know, puppies and children. And and they're the most dangerous thing that threatens Florida right now. Well, and, and, and and some of that goes to just reptiles being low hanging fruit. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fer- there's there's feral cats. There's all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah. In the Everglades, Nobody's but, touch those. But yeah. that's a result of that's a result of international trade, and you know, I mean, th- there's you know, mussels in 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 the Great Lakes that are like non-native, and mm-hmm. they're they came over on ships, and now they're you know just taken over. There's, I mean, there's so many in, like an unbelievable number of instances of invasive species that got introduced because of international trade. And, you know, uh, the problems that we face are many and they're complex. And so rather than deal with them, they get thrown to sensationalism. So, Mm -hmm. you know, again, the type of sensationalism matters. And even if it's, you know, if it's a private keeper, doing dumb stuff um, to to draw attention to themselves, that's bad sensationalism. If it's a news media outlet trying to hook a, a viewer in uh, because 
you know, they have a, a, a wow factor, scary story of big snakes uh, yeah. in people's backyards, then, you know, the, the, they're going to do that. And that, that's just like I said, that's how people are wired. That's how the hook, that's why news is never good news because the bad news is always shocking, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, and so you're, you're making points for me here. I appreciate no, it. I, I, I got you. No. Well, <laughs> yeah. well I mean, I, I, show, I'm, show I'm me being, some good sensationalism. I want to, I want to hear some more good sensationalism. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think sensationalism can, can bring, um, ecological potential. Um, I think, hmm. You know, uh, you can sensationalize the plights of some of these animals mm-hmm. in, in ways that um, that lend themselves to people understanding the issues and the reasons, you know, regionally why these animals or ecologically why these animals are, are uh, threatened or uh, becoming extinct or hunted or whatever. So, so again, it's the type of sensationalism that you're doing um you can sensationalize things for the good or for the bad um and you know the the type of opportunities those create are what you make of them if if you if you want to scare the, the shit out of people yeah you can sensationalize that very easy because reptiles are obviously low hanging fruit for most everyone else in the world you know that yeah. and and it's interesting because people are I, I when people say like oh i'm scared to death of of uh snakes or or reptiles and i you know my first question is why what did something happen to you and it's either yes i had an encounter with a snake when i was little or no i've never had any encounter but they just scare me to death right yeah. so like that idea that there, that there's hardwired fear um, that's and and it's probably biologically based. I I would dare to say it's probably like epige- epigenetically passed down um, mm-hmm. through through our DNA because we at one point in time we had to worry about dangerous snakes. True. Um, and and, well, and there's and, still people and, today that still have to worry about those. But and and 100%. you know, like, I, I would I would contend then that uh, you know that passion and that excitement for things. Um, without being sensational, that's what really is a driving factor in change for change. And, and if you have to sensationalize something to get people to pay attention, it's probably a losing battle. So I think I, you know, I was listening to, uh, Mike Pingleton's podcast, so much Pingle, uh, talks about field herping. It's really great if you haven't heard it. Um, but anyway, he was talking to some guys and they were just kind of talking about their, uh, their chasing or, or trying to find cra- crayfish frogs. Have you ever heard of those? They're just, you know, they're down in the Southeast United States and they're very hard to find. They only come out of their, you know, burrows or whatever to, to breed once a year, you know, when there's heavy rains. And so they talk about, you know, driving down the road and just pouring rain with their windows down They're half of them soaked, the other half's hot because they got the heater jacked up. And, and, you know, they, they talk about how, um, some of their uh, acquaintances or friends had found some like, Hey, your stupid frogs are out here keeping me awake. And he's like, really? You know, and he, he, one of the guys goes out and finds them and, you know, makes a new record where they weren't known from before, you know? So, and, and their excitement and their passion for just, you know, some random frog that most people don't know about got those people excited about 
the fact that there's something rare in their backyard and that's a cool thing. And so then they start doing things like, Hey, I heard the frog again, or, Oh, I moved this turtle off the road. And they, they get excited about reptiles because of somebody's passion, not because they sensationalized it and tried to convince them or, or, you know, show them through their wild antics that these were cool frogs or whatever, but just because they were so excited about them, it got the people that they interacted with excited about them. And I think that's kind of, there's a fine line and it's really easy to cross that line and to, to try to sell animals or try to sell how cool these animals are through sensationalism when really we just need to focus on that passion and excitement for for the things that we enjoy and and try to help others see that um through just you know our own excitement and passion rather than trying to hype them up either make them more dangerous or more scary or more rare or more crazy or whatever you know we we um get excited about the right things rather than try to sensationalize the craziness yeah uh i mean and and i think for 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 guys that have a lot of passion naturally like yourself um you know, you're always going to naturally draw those other people who probably could care less, but Hey, wait a minute. This is, you know, Justin, Justin was talking about this the other day, like, Oh my gosh, let me call him. But because they know that matters to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but, but your, and, and what you're talking about is your passion rubbing Mm -hmm. off on other people. Right. Yeah. But not everybody is that way. Not everybody is going to do that. So that, so sometimes to make people who are dis not dispassionate, but, but, but don't have that attachment to somebody such as yourself, they need to be sometimes led to that. And, you know, sensationalizing the plight of an animal, uh, is one Avenue. Um, I mean, I think you can look at the ivory trade and, and I'm not saying that people have sensationalized, you know, the, the killing of elephants for ivory, but certainly you've seen these dramatic pictures and, 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 you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're shocking and people go, Oh my gosh, that's, that's horrible. And then they find out like, wait, how, how is all this happening? Wait, villagers, you know, do this because they, they can make money from poachers off of it. And there's all these different, you know, uh, um, uh, like, um, societal reasons in, in cultures and areas that, that are different from our own, that we don't understand as Americans, we would not understand that, but we don't live, we don't live there. We don't experience that. We don't live their life. So giving the sensationalistic plight of that animal gives people a, a, a reason to, to, to care where they might not, where they, you know, might just go about their day and, you know, hit the Starbucks in the gym and, sure. and yeah. you know, veg out and watch some senseless TV. I, I see that, you know, I, I guess it, it may be a foreign concept to me because I'm a scientist, you know, I want to see the data. I want to see the figures. I, you know, I want to get into it and, and kind of see, what what really is taking place and then that will convince me rather than somebody telling me oh this is amazing data you know oh look at this beautiful chart or whatever you know like i don't care about the colors but you know like you know what i mean like i i want to see i i don't need some passion plea to to make me understand something that's important i just need to see the data so you know if i see oh yeah there's only 300 elephants left that's you know that's 
that's enough to get my attention and say, okay, we need to do this rather than seeing, you know, a, a, a headless elephant or, you know, some, some carcass dying on the ground. That that's, that's less impactful to me. But again, I guess maybe I've always been kind of averse to that sensationalism where I, you know, I, I, I just don't know, maybe, you know, and maybe you're right. Maybe it people, some people need that, but myself, I guess I'm just more, um, intellectually driven or, you know, I don't need the entertainment value or the sensational value to, to let those things kind of hit home. But you know. yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like we're a, you know, we're a stone's throw out of being, you know, savage animals and, and, (laughs) you know, we're, our, our brains are, are still hunter gatherer wired. You can see it in, in our culture. You can see it. Like we have these great forward thinking brains where we're like, we can solve these just insurmountable problems with our technology yet time after time, after time, given the opportunity, we take the short, the short gain versus the long gain, knowing that the, 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 the short gain is not going to work out for us. It's just how we're wired. So I think, you know, with that kind of in mind, you, you kind of have to think and, and, and we're apex predators, you know, we're, um, you know, we're, we're predatory animals. So those, those, um, predat- those other predatory type animals, um, appeal to us. And, 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 and I think, Additionally to that, you have to think that um, we're we're mammals. So where where we look is to other mammals, right? Sure. And so that sensationalism can sometimes help bridge that 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 gap where people aren't going to see you know the value in a snake because they're just like eh, it's a stupid snake. I don't care about that. I don't like that's dangerous. Or, oh wow, that 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 venom actually is a digestive enzyme. Oh, wow. Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't understand that. And oh, wow. It, it you know, um, con, con, you know, constrictors don't just squeeze things to death. They actually, you know, cause cardiac arrest and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, uh, shut down an animal's complete blood supply and they die that way. Like that's, that's, that's fascinating. So, yeah, you know, yeah. again, I, 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 I Go go ahead. Go ahead. I, I would say that a lot of uh, so many of these sensationalist shows are lacking good information. They have a lot of misinformation in them, and so while they're trying, you know, they do pass along a few facts here and there. Um, the I think I, the overall effect is still an, one of negative, you know, that negatively impacts people. Either they learn wrong information, you know, like those uh, Burmese Python channel you know, shows where they're, you know, telling them that they're gonna spread all the way across the country and they're going to eat their babies and and puppies or whatever, you know, that those scare tactics, um, or, you know, that they'll, they'll talk about, I don't, there, there was that, that great show, um, where they went out to try to collect venom from, from snakes, you know, and, and it was completely just farcical, like, like people just pay you to bring in venom or something, you know, it's completely on just a, a totally, just inaccurate premise first off. And, and then it, and then it could lead to people going out and trying to handle venomous snakes to supply these venom, you know, places that, that don't exist. You know, they, they make Mm -hmm. their, they gather their own venom from captive snakes. They're not out gathering and catching wild snakes for venom collection. It's just ridiculous. So I, you know, those, those kind of things are just too, 
prevalent in these entertainment shows that that try to sell nature for their entertainment value. They feel like they have to spice them up. Like you got to ride a camel through Central Australia and look for you know venomous snakes to make people watch, which I think is ridiculous. I, I knew one of the uh, one of my friends was one of the guys who supplied some of the venomous snakes for the show, and he had the appropriate uh, gear for you know, catching wild snakes, like the big hoop bags and stuff that mm-hmm. keep you well away from the animal. Well, the producers of the show wanted them to instead catch the animals in like pillowcases because the danger value was heightened with a pillowcase versus a hoop. Yeah, So that, that sensationalism, trying to get that danger on film and trying to get people drawn in, get the audience drawn in because they might see somebody get bit. And, and the, you know, these people who are, who are on the shows going, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Like, what are you thinking? This is not helping the cause at all. Like this is misinformation that's being used for the wrong purpose. And, you know, it's, it's just this sensationalism gone completely off the wire, completely off the rails, just, you know, bad sensationalism. And that's just too prevalent in, in shows, especially dealing, dealing with reptiles. And I just think we need to get past that, get away from that. Don't support those shows, support things that are, you know, nature documentary based that show and just show the animals and give you facts about the animals. Um, I, I love that, um, episode that Rom Whitaker did, Ron, what is it? Ron Whitaker? Is that his name? Right. That does the, um, he works in India with, um, you know, King Cobras and stuff. But anyway, he was, he showed, he sat down by this, uh, um, King Cobra that was up and hooded and just standing there. And he said, you know, this, this animal could kill me at any time if it wanted to, but I'm going to show you, this is not its nature. He sat down kind of next to it about, you know, five or six feet away where it could easily get to him if it wanted to. And he just sat there and watched it. And over time, the snake settled down and then noticed, you know, there's no danger. He went down and took off in the opposite direction as quickly as he could, you know, because they understand that humans are. So he so nicely illustrated that. And, I, you know, maybe you could say, oh, yeah, that's sensationalism. But I think he brought it away from sensationalism. And he said, you know, look, this is not a big this is not a scary event. This is not a a danger, danger, danger. I'm just going to sit next to this King Cobra and watch it settle down and and move away in a calm fashion (laughs) so that is totally sensationalism no well just just so we're clear just so we're clear that is totally sensationalism sitting next to a hooded cobra and being like this thing could kill me at any time but if i'm not a threat to it, it but it's educational sensationalism which portrays the animal in a positive light right and that and that's what i'm saying and and i think that again, going back to the issue is there, there, you know, back when you were young, you know, you saw much more educational sensationalism, right? And, and it was, but now you don't see the, the educational value in it. It's all shock value. It's all scare. It's all because, you know, producers and, 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 uh, production companies, you know, realize that's what sells right now. And, and, Mm. um, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a us as a people issue. Um, and, but, but, you know, sensationalism is not going away. Um, it, it is a 
part of our everyday life and, 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 it, and it permeates into reptiles. So I, 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 I do agree with you that I don't, I don't agree with the direction that we're going, but we're not going back. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, you know, there's, there's, you know, animal planet is not going off of the air. Um, people still watch those shows. Do, do I agree with the direction of them? No, but you know what? Most people don't care what I think uh, about those yeah. shows who are watching well, it, right? And, and They're watching it because we go ahead. Mm-hmm. We, we need to make our voices heard though. I think we need to spread the word that this is bad news. This is bad for our hobby. This is bad for nature in general. If everybody thinks snakes are out there dangerous or out to get them, who's going to protect snakes? Who's going to care about snakes? You know, we're, we're, they're just like, well, let them die. Let's just pave over their habitat and then the problem solved, you know, then nobody needs to worry about that anymore. But if we show that they're an integral part of, of our natural ecosystem and they, they have benefits like different, you know, drugs and things that they make from the venom. Um, if we, if we can move that away from the sensational into more educational or positive light, you know, we, we avoid those, hyped up dramas. We don't watch them. We watch other stuff. And, you know, I know that's human nature, but it's also, um, it's, it's going to lead to further destruction and just, uh, you know, bad things in the future for us and the animals we enjoy. So let me ask you this. How do you stop the, the individual sensationalist? So are you advocating for allowing, you know, regulators and, and lawmakers no. to come in no. and, and, and regulate that danger because no. that's, that's really I'm, what I'm putting what out leg- plea what- to, to, for people to not support it. That's, you know, that's all you can do is you, you sure. know, everybody, everybody has their own vote. They can say, I like this show or I don't like it. If you don't like it, don't, don't watch it. You know, don't give it sure. a click. Don't, don't tune in or whatever that, that I think there was some, uh, you know, so th- there was that show where they were going to have a guy get swallowed by a python. You know, it's just ridiculous, yeah. stupid the stuff. Stupidest, and, the stupidest, and crap it ever. failed hard, and it got yeah. made fun of. And because I think people just said, "No, we're drawing the line. This is just too much." You know, yeah. and I think if we keep drawing that line and saying we're we're not going to put up with this garbage, I mean, yeah, maybe the the majority of the population doesn't know any better and and gets into it because it's exciting or or scary or whatever. But if, as we grow as a community, you know, as more people get interested in reptiles and that, you know, it's moving, we're, we're, we're growing day by day and, and kid by kid, you know, anytime somebody gets excited about a snake, um, you know, even if they see it in maybe the wrong concept up front, if we can help educate those coming up and we can say, Hey, we're not going to put up with this sensationalist garbage. We're not going to support it. We're not going to watch it. We're not going to talk about it, you know, we'll just let it, let it kind of go by the wayside. And, and we're going to promote things like, you know, planet earth or blue planet or those things that just show nature for their, I mean, I tell you what, I saw that first opening scene of the, the Galapagos, uh, snakes that are trying to take Mm -hmm. out the iguanas. Holy crap. I could not believe I didn't know about that. I'd never seen that. that was the most incredible nature documentary uh footage i've ever seen and maybe yeah. will ever see it was so phenomenal and i and i'm like how do they top that you know that was the the coolest sequence of all and and you know if you need more than that there's something wrong with you right Let's, well uh, and i and i mean i think that's a that's a that was a sensationalistic 
you know, piece of video footage. Uh, you know, it's not just that animal like do 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 right. It yeah. it was the perils and and the mortal danger that that animal probably deals with. You know, all the time throughout its oh, life. Oh yeah, and Nature, will probably yeah. the thing that will probably be the thing that ends it. Right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, again, you know, sensationalism in the right context. Uh, and, and we see it all over the place. And I think there's, there's, there's things that are sensationalism that we probably don't even, you know, I don't, I don't think you contextualize that as sensationalistic, but you know, in, 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 in a certain kind of context, it's totally sensationalistic, right? But it's educational. It it has value. Um, whereas, Mm. you know, um, showing up feeding video of a snake eating a rat, you know, that's just really graphic, like not, not, not so good. Not right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not helpful. To be educational, but like when you put like, uh, you know, a scorpion and a toad or, you know, to try to see what, what <laughs> right. will happen or let them battle or whatever. Yeah. Those kind of things are just, you know, nonsense sensationalism, but you yeah. know, if it's a toad hunting a scorpion out in the wild and you're filming it and you're getting that natural history on camera i you don't need the sensationalism you don't need to hype that it's already an amazing it's its own it's 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 i guess that's where we're we're, right like well well, we're we're i think we're you know saying the same thing maybe in different ways but i i don't consider that sensationalism because you don't have to sensationalize it it's already an amazing event it's already something you don't need to hype or make more dangerous or make more out of it than it already is so you don't need to sensationalize it there is no sensationalism needed it's just it is what it is it's nature it's it's beautiful it's it's you know marvelous and you can just sit back and go that's cool <laughs> that's i guess that's the, the that's well, why, why 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 is it cool though because it, it draws you in, it, it makes you uh, see, you know, what's happening in the world around you. Um, it, it brings you knowledge, I guess, is, is the point. And, and you can make your own observation and draw your own conclusions. You know, you can see things that happen and, and it's just really a, a cool thing. It's just educational. You know, you don't, but it's mean- not about, it's not about the danger or the, 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 the struggle or, you know, the, um, the, 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 the well, impending I, I death guess, that could, I'll, I'll tell could you, be there. I'll tell you, I got the same thrill watching those, uh, O'Grabies. Uh, how am I pronouncing that? That waterfall in South Africa where the brightly colored lizards are jumping for flies. No danger. No, no drama. They're just eating their meal or whatever, but they're yeah. just, brilliantly colored they're you know displaying to each other you know something that maybe you don't see all the time and and actually that makes me appreciate like the i mean the the side blotch lizards of you know southern utah they're everywhere like if you go out and you don't see a side blotch lizard you're doing something wrong because they're absolutely everywhere and they're very common and it's very easy to go oh it's just a side blotch lizard but if you watch those things they are so brilliantly colored they're so beautiful and i think seeing like that you know south africa can you know lizard uh, the um jumping for flies or or displaying those brilliant colors you know you think about well 
Am I not appreciating things that are in my own backyard? Am I not appreciating things around me? And, and, you know, those are kind of the things I think about, I guess, when I watch these nature documentaries. I should sit and watch a, a side blotch lizard because I bet they do some cool stuff, too. And, you know, I was actually rewarded with, a, uh, you know, some some mating displays and some, you know, breeding behavior between some side blotch lizards in California. And they were some of the most beautiful lizards I'd ever seen. They're just small lizards, so they're not as flat or noticeable but if you yeah. you know maybe zoom in with the camera and you can see those blue speckles all over them and the you know the the colors you got yellow the on orange them too sometimes. Yellow. So, yeah. yeah they're just yeah, fantastic absolutely. looking and so yeah. you know they're common um, i they're around yeah. my house all, i mean like yeah i see them all the time exactly. and they are you're right they're fun like i you know good uh-huh. moving moving blocks around in my backyard doing my i found like three of them so just just kind of yeah. chilling yeah. they they're they're all and over I, the place. And I know but that, you're right they're fun they're fun. The NPR crew talked about their, you know, experience in Australia. You know, they're out looking for stuff and they're not, they, you know, in one spot they weren't finding a lot, but they sat and watched these tiny little skinks, you know, rummaging through the leaf litter, catching bugs or, or whatever, you know, and, and they appreciated that. And I think if we get past the sensationalism and just get out there and enjoy nature, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be some exotic or crazy or dangerous or flashy thing. It can just be something in your own backyard. You can appreciate, you know, I, I've, I've gotten into birding lately. <laughs> you know, I know I a, lot of, a lot of reptile I people noticed. might be going, oh, great. Here goes another one, you know, but, but I, I guess I just have always loved all nature. I can geek out over rocks, you know, looking at a cool, you know, rock structure or something. So Absolutely. I just like nature in general, but, you know, getting, uh, I, I saw a few birds out in the front yard that I, and I hadn't seen them this year, you know, so I was really excited to see them come back and just, you know, there's some really cool birds, even the ones that aren't necessarily that flashy or dramatic. Oh, Chuck has left the building. Um, well, maybe uh, that's uh, the cue for me to declare myself the what winner. The fuck? <laughs> no, we'll we'll see if he gets back in here. But um, we're just over an hour, so it's probably time to to wrap up the discussion and maybe have some uh, closing statements. Um, I'd just go ahead and say. Uh, nature is amazing. You know, let's appreciate nature for nature and not because of, you know, sensationalism or, or just over the top antics to make things appear like they're, they, you know, like they have to be better than they actually are. Um, let's let our passion and our drive and our excitement for nature and especially reptiles and amphibians, um, let's let that speak and let's let other people see that. Um, we, we can do it in the simplest of ways, especially with those we come in, in contact with, we can educate, you know, it's funny because most of the time you tell somebody you like snakes, they tell you about the time they killed a snake or they, you know, and you're like, wait a second. I said, I like them. I didn't want to hear about their untimely demise. So, um, but, but we can, instead of getting upset or, you know, uh, you know, Oh, great. You know, you're a, you're a redneck or whatever. You can maybe educate them, talk to them about why snakes are so fascinating. And, and, and really that excitement and passion is contagious. Um, and I would say much more effective and much more, um, real than sensationalism or trying to hype stuff up for, for unnecessary reasons. So that's my, uh, pitch for, why uh, sensationalism is is not needed and uh 
how we we can uh, be be much better off without it. So I'd say get out there, support uh, YouTube content or programming on television that uh, fits with that mold. And I think you're going to have a much better uh, um, uh, arrange, uh, interaction with nature. So that's that's kind of my uh, closing statement. Uh, looks like Chuck is is back. So we'll let him get yeah. his kind of closing argument about why sensation yeah. might be uh, good for us. Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, we, we've had a really good, robust talk tonight about it. And, and uh, I think, you know, m- my views are pretty clear on why I think sensationalism has its place. I, I've got, you know, two daughters myself and man, it's almost hard to get them out of the house. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I was a little kid, I was out on my bike uh, all the time. So being outside for me is, is interesting. And I'm, I love nature and, and, uh, you know, uh, being outside and, and especially in, you know, San Diego's amazing. Um, and I think that, you know, for, for, for guys like us who like to be outside and like nature and, and, and that it's easy, um, this, you know, it's everywhere. You just stop and watch it and, and you're just like, ah, that is so cool. I didn't notice that. Or, you know, Oh, I I'm seeing this or I'm seeing that whatever. Uh, but, but, but again, for the vast majority of people, um, they, they need something to capture them. They need to be pulled in because they're not, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying there's people not out camping and there's people not out in nature, but people don't engage with all of nature. They engage with, um, parts of nature that they identify with. And so if they don't identify with it, sometimes sensationalism done in the right way uh, can, can be a, a way of engagement. And, and, you know, as you stated, and, and, and as I agree, um, we have a big problem with using negative sensationalism to just fill the void and, and churn the fear and, um, you know, dumb down the problems that that really lurk behind uh why we sensationalize things rather than educate um and so you know while i absolutely understand you know the the issues around sensationalism um and and you know as somebody who likes to learn uh and and likes to observe uh, can definitely admit that, um, you know, education is probably the, the better form of, of valor when it comes to, um, you know, the, the way forward. And, you know, hopefully we're doing that here and, 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 uh, the, the Morelia Python radio network will continue to push the, you know, exactly what we're talking about here. Um, and you know what, if we're ever sensationalistic in, in reptile fight club, I hope we do it in a responsible educational way. (laughs) Well said, my friend, you're definitely a a worthy foe. (laughs) Good discussion. (laughs) I I feel like I, 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 I feel like I was bested the last time. So I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I had to try to do better this time, but uh, again, um, you cho- you chose the side this time, so yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I, we'll you got to win the coin flip, man. You, I just can't, I, I don't know what uh, to tell you. Well, I thought it was a two a two tailed coin. Apparently, you're you're, you're just a good flipper. Maybe well, I need to, maybe um, I need yeah, to make sure. Maybe I need to see what you actually flip there. 
we'll, we'll let you flip the coin next and you can you can uh, you know, see, <laughs> see how it goes from that from that side but yeah good discussion thanks for uh tuning in and and listening to us uh, chat about this tonight and um we're we're excited for upcoming shows we'll also uh you know we talk about passion i think that's kind of the morelia python radio network uh that's kind of the bottom line of that whole thing i think eric and owen have kind of always focused on passion for for the reptiles and for the things that you know that we do in this this uh, hobby or industry and uh you know really push that so again shout out to morelli python network uh we've got morelli python radio the weekly podcast uh herp history they've got some some cool shows coming up uh, eric told me about one coming up at I'm really excited to listen. So give that a, you know, subscribe to Herp History and give that a listen as well. Um, we've got Carpet Python Cliff Notes. If you're getting into uh, Carpet Pythons, you know, check that out. What else we got, Chuck? You got the list. Uh, uh, we got Kluber uh, Corner. I, yeah, I was <laughs> no, I, I, I got Sorry. Gotcha. <laughs> no worries. Um, we got Student of the Serpent, Eric and Rob again, talking about uh, really cool, you know, an in-depth view of a different uh species so um carpets and coffee monday uh at lunchtime you know i every time i'm eating lunch i pop over there on mondays and kind of make a few uh goofy comments and and uh then ditch out if i have to get back to work so um check that one out it's pretty fun to watch those guys um field herping podcast a little new they've had an episode out but that's really exciting i i love field herping and and looking forward to hearing more episodes of uh the field herping podcast with eric and and nipper reed um the monitor breeding podcast um alan stevens and kai fan so that's that's another uh newer one so good stuff there uh humans of herpetoculture lucas lee uh good stuff and then the the last but not least is the australian herpetoculture podcast so um check them out um keep keep uh checking us out <laughs> get your friends i guess the first rule of reptile fight club is always talk about reptile fight club we want to get the word out so let's uh let's get people talking and let's get some interaction on the facebook page um Anything else to add there, Chuck? You, you're uh, no, content? you summed it up wonderfully. <laughs> all right. Well, well, well. Thank you all again for listening, and we'll uh, get ready for another battle next week. So, thanks again yeah. for listening to Reptile Fight Club, and we'll catch thanks. you all again soon. Fight Club.